Hey, welcome to the Afikra Community Podcast. This series features a presentation every single episode given by a member of the Afikra community. Every single one of these people you should know is not an expert in what they are talking about, but rather they are driven by their authentic curiosity to learn something new about the Arab world, its histories and its cultures. Each one of these presentations is the product of the person going through our workshop series, finding a topic that they're curious about, honing that question with us, and developing it into a compelling presentation. Some of these are long presentations, about 45 minutes, and some of them are what we call Africa Forwards, where they're simply recommending something for you to check out. The goal is to highlight scholarship that already exists, to celebrate it, and to learn. I hope you enjoy it. If you're interested in learning more, go to africa.com slash library. Thanks. My name is Hashima Afana, and I am a public health professional based in New Orleans. And I've been curious ever since I've moved to New Orleans is why on earth did Arab even immigrate to the South, to the American South? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and as I've been looking into this, I came across this resource. And so my Afikra forward is Depke in the Delta by Joseph Schechla from Taking Root to Arab American Community Studies, Volume 2. Dubka and the Delta is one of seven chapters that's found in this book. Um, Joseph Schechla was actually an editor for the Journal of Palestine Studies years back, um, and he took a great interest in Middle Eastern studies as well as in Arab American uh, or Arab immigration to the United States. And Disclaimer, this chapter has nothing to do with Delta. It has everything to do with early Arab immigration to a particular space in the American South. Um, but the reason it's titled this is that if you go to this particular place, Vicksburg, Mississippi, um, it, now, if you go there now, they apparently throw the best New Year's Eve parties with lots of dubka and feature some of the best musicians from New Orleans, Louisiana and Jackson, Mississippi. So again, this chapter is from this book, Taking Root to Arab American Community Studies, Volume 2 by Eric Hoogland, who's photographed here. He's actually an American um, political scientist based in Sweden this day, to this day. Um, it was published in 1985, so goes back a couple of decades ago um, through the American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee. So Joseph Schechla takes us to a particular place in the American South, specifically the Mississippi Delta in the 19th century. But before we go there, we're going to go 6,000 miles away to Lubnan uh, in the village of Al Munsif. There, it's, it's 1884. <clears throat> excuse me, it's 1884. There's a man named Elias Nasif Fatuh, a young gentleman known for his humor and popularity in the, in the village. And he looks around him and decides that he's going to do what the Arab before him in his village have done, which is immigrate to the United States. He's the eldest son. Um, and so his idea was he would go to the United States, he would make, a to make some money as a peddler, and then come back to Lebanon and eventually settle down. So this is the port of New Orleans. So he makes the trip all the way to the port of New Orleans. This is what it looked like back then. Um, and it actually looks sort of similar these days. I live a few blocks away from it. So picture this. 
Elias arrives at the port of New Orleans and he doesn't know a word of English. And the first thing he occurs to him to say is stand around the dock and walk around and call out kibbe kibbe. So all he's doing is yelling kibbe kibbe. No one knows what is happening, what this man is yelling. Um, but he's yelling this in the hopes that someone would eventually hear his call and understand what he's saying. And it so happened that there was a Syrian peddler on the dock too. And he took him under his wing and showed him how to pedal between Louisiana and Mississippi, which is how Elias eventually wound up in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Um, so Elias eventually earns uh, enough money and enough credit to open a dry goods store uh, 30 miles away from the city. Um, he becomes Ellis Nassif. So he drops his, he Americanizes his first name, drops his last name, um, which is which wasn't uncommon. It's a thing to do. For example, the Thomas family um, that originally immigrated from Lebanon, they became, or the Tanus family that originally immigrated from Lebanon became the Thomas family. Um, so it wasn't uncommon. And Ellis or Elias moves back to Lebanon and leaves his store with this man pictured here, James Ellis Shekhani. And that's the last we hear of Elias or Ellis. Um, and we don't have a picture of him. But four years after Ellis or Elias made his trip to uh, New Orleans, his brother Amin followed suit. And he arrives at Port of New Orleans and kind of follows the same footsteps his brother did. Um, and I wonder if his brother, you know, met him at the port. I don't think he had the same story of yelling out Kibbe Kibbe and hoping somebody would understand him. Um, but from the Port of New Orleans, he goes to Port Gibson, which is 27 miles away from Vicksburg, Mississippi. Um, and again, he pedals, he makes enough money, opens a store, returns to Lebanon, gets married to Dibi Nicola Awed, who both of them are pictured here and he goes back to Port Gibson, has two sons there and returns to Lebanon in 1904 with his wife and leave their two sons behind because it was supposed to be a temporary stay. However, fate would have it otherwise. From 1904 to 1926, Amin and his wife tried to go back to Port to Port Gibson a few times. However, with the expansion of the Ottoman Empire and the economic collapse that was happening at the time, it was just not coming to fruition. And in 1926, when Amin decided, okay, this is the time and it's a good time, he had a ruptured appendix and dies. And so he leaves behind his two sons in Port Gibson, who are now in their 20s and haven't seen their parents in this long, as well as his wife and two other sons back in Lebanon. And his two other sons in Lebanon, one is named Roosevelt, and as of 1985, he's living in Beit with Lebanon. Um, and his other son, Naim, who's also in Lebanon at the time, he was politically active and so the French were sort of after him and they walk into a bar one day where he works and they ask him do you know where Naim is we're, we're here to arrest him and not knowing that they're speaking to Naim Naim says oh he walked out he'll be back later today and the French soldiers sat down the story goes they sit down and they just have a drink go about their day take Naim's word for where Naim is and Naim walks out of the back door and the next thing you know, he's in Port Gibson, Mississippi by his brothers. And that's the last we hear of this particular family. These were just a few stories that were mentioned in this really long chapter, but I thought they were the most unique and the most interesting. And they were also, Amin and Elias were considered the pioneers to immigrate um, 
to the American South and specifically to Vicksburg, Mississippi. Um, and I am just left with so many questions like why, you know, call out Kibbe Kibbe as opposed to anything else. Who was that Syrian peddler? Um, was Elias missing home? What were the conditions like on the ship that he took the trip in? Um, do Amin's kids and family ever reunite fully? Um, and why, and I think we, we don't get to the question of why immigrate specifically to the South, um, but I don't have answers to these questions now, um, but I do have some recommendations for future, for more reading. Um, and it's an essay um, titled Mississippi Mahjar, Lebanese Immigration in the Mississippi Delta by James Thomas Jr. And four segments of audio documentaries on the Lebanese and Mississippi.com. Um, hope they're interesting for you all and give you something to think about um and if you have questions or answers or want to think with me about all of this here's my contact information thank you thanks so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed it four quick final notes the first is if you feel like watching this presentation in video form look us up on youtube subscribe hit that bell do all that good stuff Second is, if you ever feel like attending these events, we have them every Saturday, and you can find out more information at afikta.com RSVP. The third is, if you feel like developing a community presentation, we have workshops that are free and open to all every two weeks. You can go to afikta.com workshop. And the fourth is that our work is made possible by the hundreds of people around the world who are inspired by our work and want to build this movement. Please consider becoming one of them and supporting our, our work at afikra.com support. Thanks so much. Have a great day and see you next time.